Let's pray this morning. Father, just thank you for every amazing person here today. Lord, each of us different, each of us unique, each of us brilliant. Lord, we celebrate each other. But this morning, Father God, we celebrate you. Um, Lord, I just pray, Father God, that you'd use someone like me to speak to these brilliant people and to stir hearts and minds, to battle for unity, to fight for togetherness, that heaven might be declared on earth, that someone might meet you, that a life might be made better because of people like us. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. We've been on this series um, we're calling Heart. Um, they're the heartbeats of Equippers Church. They're the values that we work with, um, and they create a vehicle for us to step into our vision. And HEART is an acronym which stands for honor and excellence and advancement and reaching out and together. Today I'm doing together. Turn to the person behind you and say, it's about togetherness. I want to tell you a little story from my life. Many of you will know I played uh, professional football many years ago uh, for Dagenham and Redbridge. And um, any East Londoners in the house? A few East End Londoners. There's some tough old boys in the East End of London. And I'm a bit of a pretty Essex boy, to be honest. I'm not sure I quite fit it in. And um, strutted over the... Oh, what about, what about? And, um, but my skill in football was, one, I was very, very fast. And two, I was very tricky. Um, and anyone who's played any sport at a high level, you have to have total belief in yourself. Because if you don't, someone's going to knock you down. You know, imagine being a boxer and getting into the ring thinking, I might not win this. You've got to totally believe it. And it's the same in any given sport. You've got to have total confidence. I probably went beyond that. And I would say I was probably as a footballer a bit cocky. <laughs> I know you can't believe that, but it was probably it true. And, um, but you need to have that attitude as a footballer. And so my skill was, was trickery and, and speed. And often, you know, I'm you know, 11 stone man, but I'd be coming up against 13 and 14 stone defenders much bigger than me. But I'd have them dancing all over the place. Any lads into football, do you know what a step over is? Okay, women, I'm going to help you. You're going to send all knowledgeable to your men later when you're talking football. And they go, oh, wow, she's learned something in church today. A step over is when you pretend to go one way and you step over the ball. But you don't take the ball with you. You actually step over. It's the clues in the title. Step over the ball. Okay, so there, as you go like that, the defender thinks he's going left, and so he steps to the left. But actually, with the outside of your foot, you go right. You, actually, you step over, and you go the other way. And by stepping over the ball, they think you're going to move it, but you don't. Now, the trouble is, at a professional level, really good defenders don't fall for that. You have to do two tricks. The first one, they go, oh, they go over. And they, and they, they go to the right, but think, oh, no, he's not going to go. Then they hold their balance. And then what I would do is rather than just go right, I'd put my foot on the ball and roll it over the top so it moves, then roll it back. And they'd think, oh, oh, he's doing a double dummy. (laughs) And he'd step over, I'd roll forward, roll back, and they'd be like, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden, I'd roll, having rolled it back, I'd roll it forward out of my feet and explode away. And so they'd be going like that, and suddenly I'd be gone. And because I was a bit cocky, can we say that in church? As I ran past them, I'd say, see ya. Oh, they didn't like that. Didn't like that. Little winger, I'll have him. I'll have him. But this is where the team comes in. You see, in Dagenham, we had this lad who had been in some knife fights, and he had a great big scar down his face. He was proper scary. Tony Sorrell, he was, he was a mountain of a man. We had a couple of great big centre halves, and they were protected of me. Because who knows that I added something to the team they couldn't add. 
But because of my trickery and my speed, I opened up defences, I caused problems and I created chances for other people. But because I was like I was, the defenders didn't like it and often they'd spit at me, they'd punch me, they'd elbow me off the ball, they'd push me. But within a second of any of that happening, Tony Sorrell was there. <laughs> Leave him alone. I'm like, yeah, what he said, what he said. <laughs> and they'd be on him. And it was just like, so what I could bring to the team, they backed me and we were better together. I think, I hope you see the illustration that we are just better together. You bring something to this equation that I don't. You bring something into your family that someone else doesn't. You bring something into your workplace and your place of education that someone else doesn't. We're just better together. We were made for a relationship. It's about doing this stuff together. Who knows, it's sometimes a wrestle though. It's a spiritual principle. Leviticus, Leviticus 26 says this. In verse 8, five of you will chase a hundred, but a hundred of you will chase 10,000. Your enemies will fall before, before you by the sword. Can you see that it's not an addition, it's a multiplication. When people do stuff together, the, the result is just multiplied. A, a, a similar principle here in Deuteronomy in, in chapter 32, verse 30, it says this. How could one man chase a thousand or two put 10,000 to flight? Can you see? Because God's given them up. God blesses togetherness. God blesses unity. And he doesn't add to it. He multiplies it. Can you see? And it's something we have to fight for because it's something that doesn't always come natural to us. Because there's a little bit in each of us that wants it to be about me. That's just the truth. But if we can die to self and buy into the whole God blesses it, multiplies it, good things happen, and actually we need each other. In church, but in every sphere of life, we need each other. And so we need to fight for it. Turn to three people and say, we've got to fight for this stuff. Here's my key verse, and, and it's, it's Psalm 133. It's the whole of the psalm. There's only three uh, verses in Psalm 133. If you don't know this, get it in you. Put it on your fridge. Highlight it in your Bible. Do it, whatever it is. You, get this Verse in you, Psalm 133, all of it. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard. The beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. You see... Scripturally, where there is unity, there is a blessing commanded from God. Who wants a blessing in their life from God? See, see, we need to fight for unity because God gets his weight behind this stuff. That's why I think in our, in, in our flesh, it's a wrestle because it's a spiritual principle. And if we can die to the flesh and buy into the spirit, there's a blessing commanded from heaven over your life. I want that. So I think it's worth fighting for. Uh, who knows that there's, uh, if you can speak three languages, can anyone speak three languages here? I bet there is. Look at this awesome lady over here, couple of ladies there. Men, we're letting ourselves, do- oh no, there's a man here, well played, so you saved us at the last minute. There's all women. I thought only the women had the brains for a second. If you can speak lang- three languages, you're trilingual, yeah? If you can speak two languages, you're bilingual. If you can speak one language, you're English. That right, yeah? That's about how it is. But I know a little bit of Hebrew. And the little bit of Hebrew I know is here in Psalm 133. And I'm going to teach you it because then we can all say, we also know a bit of Hebrew. 
Let's have the slide up. There you go, I'm almost fluent. <laughs> Probably a bit of an Essex twang on that because it should be Gamiahad. But in Essex it's Gamiahad. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. Come on, should we shout this out together? First line. Hinaimatov. Umanaim. Shevatahim. Gamyachad. Very good. See, you're almost fluent. Learned something in church today. Now you can speak four languages, people. Well played you. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. Verse 3. Because there God commands a blessing. That's worth the fight, isn't it, church? That is worth the fight. Um, the, the church that were, our family belonged to probably 30 years ago now, it's called Colm Valley here. And uh, Pastor Peter, who's spoken for us several times here, he led that church. And they had a very strong Jewish element and Jewish flavor to the church. And we'd often sing some Jewish songs. And we used to sing this. And the reason I know these words is because it was part of that song. And it used to go like this. It goes, Behold how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. In unity. Lie, 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 lie. Anyway, sign me up, Matt, worship team. And you know how nowadays, and I, I love the way church has developed and we're embracing a younger culture and we're all giving it some mosh pit at the front. By the way, you're all welcome in the mosh pit. It's not for the kids, it's for everyone. Get yourself involved. Who knows when you throw yourself into a party, it's just better. You know, if you go to a house party, first hour, bit of chit-chat, bit boring. As the music starts pumping, you start getting into... Who remembers that the last hour is better than the first hour? Because you actually threw yourself into the party. When we come to church, throw yourself into the party. You'll have a better time. Throw yourself in. So what we used to do there is we'd have this dance. You know, it's like the old grapevine. It's all like it's like a summer evening in Israel. It's like, oh, I've been to church. And I used to love it, but I've never forgotten it. So, so good. The phrase, gamiachad, turn the person next to you and say it again, gamiachad. I'm going to get you to say it again because I want you to get it in you. Gamiachad. It, it, the picture, and, and Hebrew language is often done in pictures. The picture is this. It's as of a group of people coming to the edge of a lake and sitting down saying, I'm not going anywhere. I choose to stay here. What a picture. The idea is that the difficult times are going to come, but we stay together. The great times are going to come, but we celebrate together. The health issue is going to come. But we heal together. Do you see? The victories are going to come and we win together. Gamiahad is this picture of sitting down saying, I'm not going to move. I'm in this with you. And God commands a blessing in that place. And I love it. And I want to apply that to us as a church. But you can apply that anywhere in life. The idea of unity that I'm in this with you. God blesses that kind of stuff. And it's worth the fight. It is a, it is a wrestle. Because all of us, you know, it doesn't matter how holy you think you are, we've all got a bit of fleshiness about us. And do you know what? Unity is more important than being right. So often we're so right about everything that we bring disunity. God can't bless that. You might be the rightest person on the planet. But if you're bringing disunity, God's not blessing it. 
Unity is more important than being right. Unity is more important than being the best at everything. You might be the best person on the planet at any given thing, but if you being so good is causing disunity, it's not good. Unity is more important than your feelings. Controversial. I love the definition of the soul where we talk about it being mind, will and emotions. A a good definition of your soul there, I think, when you break it down. Your mind, your will and emotions. And God's way has always been that we have clever minds and we make a choice. Who knows, life so often is a series of choices. You get to choose. It's your life. Choose it. The Bible says choose life. The trouble is we live in a society that doesn't choose. We live by feelings. It's all about emotion. Oh, it didn't feel right. It wasn't good. They upset me. And what happens is then you are led by your emotion. And so you go off in a completely different direction when all along you are supposed to make a choice. Unity is a choice. Oh, it feels uncomfortable. Well, get over yourself. We've got the blessing to fight for here. Let's make some choices that promote unity. I love, you know, and I've said this many times before, but I want to keep saying it. The Godhead demonstrates perfect unity. Because here you have Jesus being transfigured. And his father saying, this is my son. Listen to him. The father's pointing to the son. But then they're walking with Jesus and he's doing life and they ask him questions and he says, I won't do anything unless I see the Father doing it. It's all about him. You've got Jesus pointing to the Father. And then as Jesus comes towards the end of his time and he's preparing his disciples that he's going to die and go back to heaven, he says, it's better I go. And they say, why is it better? Stay. No. It's better I go because the helper's going to come. He's pointing to the Spirit. And then the Spirit comes and and dwells in each of us. And what does he do? Leads us to Jesus. And so you've got the Godhead saying, it's not about me, it's about him. And God's saying, no, it's about the Son. You've got the Son saying, it's about the Father. And you've got the Father saying, it's about the Spirit. None of them are saying, it's about me. It's a description of perfect unity all at the same time. That's what we're fighting for, church. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us demonstrating heaven on earth. So someone might be led to Jesus. Because who knows, doing life with Jesus is just better. Yeah. And we want everyone to be experiencing that. I love the description of marriage. We've got, I think, four weddings coming out this year now. It's awesome. But there's a great description of unity that can be had in marriage. And it's found in Ephesians 5, and it's not a popular passage. It goes something like this. Wives, submit to your husbands. Controversial. Who knows, that's been taken out of all the vows nowadays. Doesn't feel right, does it? But listen to the next bit. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. What did Christ do for the church? Died for it. Who knows that a husband loving his wife is actually saying, this isn't about me. I am prepared to die to myself, to all my wants and needs in order to lift you up. That's loving your wife like Christ loved the church. Dying to yourself to say, it's not about me. I love you so much. Let's make it about you. Who knows a woman who's loved like that goes, wow. No, 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 no. It's not about me. I want to submit to your lead. It's about you. 
And you have this picture in marriage of two people lifting the other person up, saying, no, it's not about me, it's about you. And we are raised up in all of our hopes and dreams together, and God commands a blessing in that place. This is a great verse. But the trouble is in today's society, we put feelings on it rather than truth on it. I'm not submitting to you. Do you even know my husband? How can you submit to him? Come on, you've heard that. But if we could get it right, can you see the principle's just brilliant? But it means love, love, love. It means not making it about me. It means actually me bowing down and lifting you up. But the response being total love to saying, oh, I'm in awe of that. I'm going to lift you up. Everyone's a winner, baby. That's the truth. Can you see it? It's togetherness. And that is why in our heartbeats, in our values as a church, we make togetherness important. Because if we nail this stuff, everyone wins. If we nail this stuff, there's a commanded blessing. If we nail this stuff, how influential could we be outside of ourselves when God's blessing everything we do? Togetherness is important, hey? Turn to person, have one more go. Gamiachad. The Hebrew for unity and togetherness. Has anyone seen the film Gladiator? I looked at it this morning when it was, it was, it was made in year 2000. It's 19 years old. Wow. That's old, isn't it? I feel, probably feel old now, don't I? But it's, it's, it's a brilliant film, and, and there's a particular scene, and I want to demonstrate it to you. I was going to show the scene, but I looked at it again, and it's so gory. I was like, can't show that. I tried to find even a little minute clip where I could show it. It's like there literally wasn't a minute where it wasn't all going off, and I just couldn't show it. But here, let me describe the scene to you. It's the scene where um, the gladiators, they're, they're, they're captive slaves, and they're put into the arena great big crowd and the emperor's all watching and they basically set them up to get slaughtered and so they send out these these warriors on chariots with horses they're better equipped the gladiators have gone in basically with a spear and a a shield and these guys have got balls swinging round and horses and chariots with spikes in them it is just an unfair fight but gladiators in the ring isn't he I can't even remember his name. Maximus Meridius, something or other. <laughs> and he stands there and he says, they're out, out there come. And he says, has anyone been in the army? And they all nod, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he takes control, he becomes the captain. He says, follow my lead. Whatever comes out of there, we are better together. It was just, I so wanted to show it, but it wasn't appropriate. We're better together. And so what comes out, and they do this thing, and they all put their shields up, and they're the the five-foot shields, and they pull together, all back to back to back, and they form this circle of shields around them. And they're all coming out, and all the the horses are coming. He's going, hold, hold. I'm going, go on, hold, hold. And then he shouts diamond. And I don't know what that means, but they obviously knew. And they all basically tip their shields so it forms this diamond shape around them. And as the horses come to, to run them over, the diamond tips the chariots over and they all fall out. It's like, get in there! <laughs> they all fall over and they all start smashing them and there's arms flying everywhere. And I just, just like, what? But they win. And you've got the, they've got the emperor who's a snotty little what's it going? <laughs> and he turns around and he says, I thought we were supposed to win this one. But they won and they slaughtered the enemy because they stuck together. I want to demonstrate something to you. Can I have uh, one, two, three, four, five young ladies to the front, please? Give me a round of applause. 
We've got some awesomeness in the house. What I want you to do is to form that circle I've just described. So you're, you're all facing out with your backs in, in a circle. Can you, something, look at that, see? That's why I picked women. Brains. Brains right there. Who knows? This is a safe place. This is a safe formation. <laughs> this is a good picture of how church could look. But what happens? God commands a blessing here. And church grows. And this young man at the front, Daniel, he comes and he meets Jesus about time. <laughs> and he comes. And he says, I want to be part of this thing. So he joins in. Let him join in. Uh, and then suddenly there's this awesome... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then suddenly there's this awesome couple who've just moved to town and they've been in a church before and they've heard, heard about Equipus Essex and they've heard good things, obviously. They've heard good things. And they want to come and join in. So, so these guys come and join in. Now as you join in, feel free to... Because the circle's getting bigger, feel free to step down if you need to. Uh, and then what happens is someone invites their friend. Who knows? I believe in the invite culture. You've got a friend in your life who needs to be here because it will change their world. And you get these two awesome ladies here. Can you two girls, can you come in and join in? Can you see what's happening? The influence is growing. They've actually come down into new territory. You see, when there is unity, not only is it a safe place... It's an effective and powerful place. When there's unity, it means someone has to move. What happens if Kenny arrives and he's a better preacher than me? Probably is. Am I prepared to say, it's not about me, it's about unity? And I stand aside and allow the gap to form for Kenny to step up. That's powerful. God blesses that kind of stuff. It doesn't mean I'm not good. It means God's adding weight behind what we're doing. And I can be securing who I am while still promoting who Kenny is and create space for that gift. It might be that someone comes in and they're, they're not gifted, but they're willing to come under your leadership and you can guide them and show them the ropes. But it means stepping aside. But the formation stays the same. The only way you can get hurt in this formation is if someone turns on someone. The only way it can ever break down is if one of them turns in on the other. Because it's safe. Let's give him a round of applause. Thank you, guys. I hope that was okay. That is what church should look like. We should be people who are willing to be so outrageous in our love that we make space for someone else while keeping the formation. I love this. And there's another famous passage in John 15 and verse 13. It says this, greater love has no one than this, to lay his life down for his friends. How about you come into my life and you know what? I'm going to make a space for you because it's not about me. And I stand aside and we create space. And the influence grows and the blessing grows and the territory grows and the laughter and the blessing grows because I was willing to make it not about me but to make it about us. Can you see? Togetherness is such a thing to fight for. Fight for togetherness in your household. Mums and dads, get your children together and discuss what does that even look like in our context. We try on a Friday night to have a little time where we just sit and chat and pray and laugh and watch a film or whatever it is so that we're together. In today's society, that is a bigger fight than ever before because of all the other options to do with your time. Fight for togetherness. It's so, so important.
who knows that in any given group of people and in any given church, people get hurt because we're people. You won't find the perfect church. If you walk away from this service thinking, oh, you know, that wasn't very perfect, you'll never find the perfect church. It doesn't exist because there's people in it. And the reality is the moment you walk in, it's not perfect anymore. And that's the truth. <laughs> but because of our imperfection, people are getting hurt, often through good-hearted people miscommunicating or being misunderstood. So I've led church for a long time now, and so many people have been upset or hurt, but when you boil it down, it's, that's not what they meant. And it was received wrong. Not every time, but so often. But I want to say, we need to fight for this stuff. Can I say to you, as a lead pastor, whether you've been hurt in this church or in another church, can I stand in the gap as a pastor and just say sorry? It was never, I guarantee you, whoever offended you wasn't their intention. And sorry. But on that basis, can we let some stuff go? On that basis, can we move forward? Because togetherness and unity is on the line. And see, where togetherness and unity exist, God commands a blessing. There is something to fight for. There's lives at stake because of unity. Salvation is at hand because of unity. There's a kingdom to advance. Blessing is on the line. It is worth the fight. So can we draw a line under some stuff? Can you have that difficult conversation if you need to have a difficult conversation? But fight. It's worth the fight. Or maybe today you just walk out of this place and go, he's right, I'm letting it go. Don't even need to have the conversation. Forgive that person because unity's at stake. And I understand the principle that that is more important than me being right. Can we let some stuff go, people? Come on, turn to two people and say, let it go. I've learned a lot, even recently. There's all kinds of Disney songs going off at the front. I've learned even recently that, that, that loneliness is an awful thing. And, and the trouble with loneliness is people die in loneliness and no one ever knew. And you can be lonely yet be in the crowd. It's such a thing. I'm sure we're getting more and more aware of it as, as, as people in, in society today. And I want to be aware of it here in church too. And if you're someone who's lonely, don't assume no one wants to know you. And don't assume people know that you're lonely. Pipe up. Fight for it. Go and speak to someone say, you know what, fill me up. Go and speak to someone because I want to say this. You belong here. You are welcome here. You are valued here. You're accepted here. The place is better because you're here. And yet some people are, I think it's great, and some people aren't feeling it. Well, let's work together to fight for this unity because in that place God commands a blessing. Your life will be blessed. My life will be blessed. The church will be blessed. And because all of that is going, the community will be blessed. Because we always want to be outward focused. The flip side of that is there needs to be some decisions to join in. Sometimes people are on the fringes of church and you need to make a choice. Do you know what? There's a connect group that'd love to have you there. Do you know what? There's a team that needs your talent. Do you know what? Prayer meeting would be better if you were there. When we start making a choice, and life, remember, life's a bunch of choices. When we choose to join in, Togetherness happens more. Blessing happens more. Fruitfulness happens more. So everyone needs to make your own choice. I'll never force. I'll always create opportunities. I, I acknowledge and accept your brilliance to choose your own life. But my encouragement is join in. 
Remember what happens? When you join your gift in with another group, another team, your, the, the, the fruit isn't added to. The fruit is multiplied. So if you were to join something in church, you're actually bringing a multiplication into the situation. That is worth it all by itself. You count. We need you. So if you're on the fringe and you're umming and ahhing, make a choice even today to join in. On that table over there's a whole list of opportunities to serve in church. Put your name down. Join in. Even if it's once a month, join in because you will multiply our effectiveness. And I believe you'll be blessed too. When we choose to pursue togetherness, it goes to another level. Because if we touch lives and we see each other on a Sunday, we're together, which is great. But when we do had, we stick together. It's In Equippers, we have this phrase, together, together. And that's what we're fighting for in this togetherness. It's not that idea that I half know you, we see each other on a Sunday. It's like we're in this together and we're staying together and we're effective together and we lay our lives down together and we win together. It's together, together. Can you get it? Get that kind of language in your heart because it makes a huge difference. The mission statement on Equippers Church is to um, equip people for life through faith in Jesus Christ. And it's that whole idea that life with Jesus at the centre is just better. It just is. He opens doors that man can't open. He brings hope to your heart that no one can speak into you. It just changes everything. It brings an acceptance to you can't get anyone else. It's just better. But we can only fulfil that mission together. I can't do it. Front row can't do it. Back row can't do it. But we can. When we work together, there's a blessing commanded in it. I love just to finish with these couple of statements. I love this. The church that makes unity and togetherness important receives a commanded blessing from heaven. That church is a nightmare for the devil. Love that. That church is an asset to the community. That church brings heaven to earth. Let's be that church. Can we have a keyboard? I just want to pray for you. Could we stand? I'd just like to pray. Let me invite you just to close your eyes for just one moment and focus on Jesus and give the person next to you a a moment to themselves. I believe you've understood the principle. I believe you know it's worth the fight. But we come to a point like this where we have to choose. Lord, I just want to lift up anyone in this room who's been hurt, wounded, offended, upset, brushed aside in a church context, whatever that context might look like. As a pastor, I say, sorry, guys. You're worth more than that. We got it wrong. But know this, you're loved. Could you make a choice to forgive even now? To draw a line under it and say, Lord, I'm stepping into a new day. I want to fight for togetherness. I want to fight for unity. And if the way I need to fight is to let something go, I'll make that choice now. Come on. You can do that. Let it go. Lord, for people who are 
in church life, whether it's this one or another one, who are just on the fringes, Lord, I just pray you'd just stir people even now to join in. Just take the one step, whatever that might look like. Just take one step to say, I'm getting my weight behind this. I want to be in it with you. And Lord, and as that happens, we just draw on your truth that says you will bring a commanded blessing there. You will multiply the fruit, not just add to it. Lord, I just pray for us as a group that on the back of this message, we would just make the effort not just to be together, but to be together together. Lord, a phone call, a text, a coffee, going to group, being involved, whatever that looks like. Father, I just pray you'd stir your people today to fight for unity and togetherness as only you can. Come on, church, allow him to stir you. You've got a part to play here. You are important. We need you. We need each other. You can do what I can't do. Thank you, Jesus. And just with every eye closed, I always want to give an opportunity. Is there anyone here today who's feeling distant from Jesus? Maybe never met Jesus. It is today the day you're going to say, Lord, I want you back in the middle of it all. Come into my life and lead me. I want to be together with you. Firstly and foremostly, I want to be right with you so I can walk in the blessings of heaven and I can have hope for my future. If that's a decision you want to make today, give me a wave. I'm going to pray for you. Is that you today that you want to make sure you're right with Jesus? Always get that opportunity. Bless you here at the front. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, bless you there in the middle. Bless you there in the middle. Three or four people responding, guys. Such never overestimate what happens in these moments we're going to pray and I'll pray a line and church just follow me we just pray with these guys awesome decisions being made right now Father God thank you that you love me today I choose to invite you to live in my heart to be my king to be my lord to be my saviour to be my friend Lead me forward in unity with you. And all God's people said, come on, let's celebrate with heaven.